Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. Unbelievable. We are back. We are back. Welcome into the final play of Mikey Clutch. I am your host, Mikey Clutch. Welcome into the start of Sunday, week three. But, you know, we had some Thursday night football to talk about with these Niners and Giants, baby. 3-0. and uh, But before we get there, we'll have the debt-free pick three at the end of the show. As always, we're going to have the no bore four, my four games that I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, today and possibly tomorrow Um, and then like I said the Thursday night football between the Giants and the Niners and let's start there Thursday night football the Giants go on the road short week travel to the 49ers in San Francisco what a game for me to enjoy Uh, the Niners score 30 points in their third straight game to start the season Brock Purdy Continues that undefeated streak in the regular season. He is now 8-0. Niners beat the Giants 30-12. Pretty much a dominant game on both sides of the ball, as we're used to seeing. Kind of, you know, Daniel Jones. uh, Can't really do anything. No Saquon Barkley. Giants were unable to really move the ball at all. Uh, You know, yeah, they they get a touchdown in the third quarter uh, to open up. But other than that... Uh, it really was nothing going for the Giants offense, and rightfully so, kind of what we expected. Um, thought it might have been closer. It was kind of a, a close game for the most part, uh, you know, up until the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, the Niners really dominant showing. Brock Purdy, 310 yards throwing, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, he, he continues to be really clean with the ball. He had a few interceptions um, that were dropped, potential interceptions, but, I mean, you know, a couple missed throws. But like I was expecting, Ronnie Bell getting some time. Wanted to see what he looked like. Makes an impact right off the bat. Gets the first touchdown of the game. Um, goes up and, and gets the ball on a 50-50 ball in the, in the end zone there. Uh, yeah, I mean, what I wanted to see is just get him in the offense. You can see that he is a blocker, that type of... Receiver that Shanahan wants in the offense. He, you know, I don't know. I I thought for the limited snaps that he had, he looked good. And he's the guy that I want to take over that Jennings role. I feel like he can be that reliable guy on third downs and um, just just making, catching catching balls and, and, and coming down with it because that's what Jennings does. Jennings is just a possession receiver. He, he gets open on those key downs to move the chains. And Jennings is a free agent, and he's gonna. I think Jennings deserves money, and with the Niners drafting, always drafting so well, I think why pay Jennings, and then uh, when you can just bring Ronnie Bell up and, and uh, fill that void, and you know Ronnie Bell, a, a seventh round pick, um, it, it's just it's nice to see what these Niners do um, with what you know. The, the later draft picks, you know, I feel like it's a recurring theme in my show talking about the late draft picks always 
uh, making an impact and the Niners really drafting well to fit this roster and this scheme. Um, but on the other side of things, Giants, one and two start, not kind of what they were hoping for. Yes, their schedule brutal to open up the season. You know, you, you play Dallas, who's probably got the best defense in the league, uh, even with the Diggs injury. And I mean, the Niners right there too with the best defense in the league. Uh, so you're playing two top two defenses <laughs> in your first three games. You're probably not going to look very, uh, very good, uh, especially with Saquon out, who gives you not only, you know, help in the running game, but also in, in the passing game where Daniel Jones struggles to get the ball to receivers. Uh, it, it just didn't look like anybody was open all night. And it, yeah, it, it just, it shows the lack of talent of Daniel Jones and the lack of depth at, you know, receiver for the Giants and uh, running back. Matt Breida gets a touchdown against his former team. Um, but yeah, I just, the Giants can't stop the run game or really the pass. Their defense just isn't all that great. Wink Martindale, hell of a defensive coordinator. Uh, but, you know, again, go, again, going against this Niner offense where it's basically plug and play. Um, guys positionless in McCaffrey and Debo. You just, you know, they line up everywhere and you don't know how to stop them. Debo hell of a, had a hell of a game, went over 100 yards receiving. Uh, he just, yeah, I, he just makes those plays. It, it, it's awesome. You know, you get him the ball and he basically does the rest. But that last touchdown uh, was just a beautiful throw and and catch, you know, between Purdy and, and Debo uh, there to really, really put the game away. Um, I, I liked, of course, like this offense is looking good, but I, I can't wait for this real test in a couple weeks against Dallas uh, to really show where these teams are at compared to each other. Dallas, yeah, digs out for the season with that torn ACL, so that, that's not going to be there. They're not going to be at full strength as far as their defense when they go up against the Niners. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot, lot, lot to like. You know, they're able to move the ball. They're able to stop the ball. You know, their defense is pretty fresh because the offense is able to go down drive and either kick a field goal or score touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, the Niners still looking pretty damn good to start the year on both sides of the ball. Purdy, yes, missing a couple open throws still. Um, you know, those aren't coming back to haunt them because they they get so many chances that, uh, you know, a couple missed here and there, which happens in every game for every team, um, it, it's not hurting them. Uh, but more, with more uh, important news on the Niner front, Shanahan and Lynch extended for, for multi-year contracts. Awesome. No-brainer in my eyes. You know, what they've been able to do. Uh, you know, yes, the, you know, it, when your biggest criticism for your tenure is trading the number one picks to draft Trey Lance and missing it, missing on him and ending up trading him away, it seems like a failure, right? And rightfully so. But since that... 2021 draft where they, they gave up all those first round picks. The two drafts since uh, with no first round pick. I'll go back to 2022, the year after Trey Lance. Drake Jackson, second round pick. Look at the impact he has on that defensive line. Uh, Spencer Burford's the start, you know, starting lineman. Samuel Womack had had some time there uh, playing, you know, the nickel back and 
uh, playing some defense, and then obviously Brock Purdy with the last pick, so I already think the Purdy pick is a wash from the Lance pick, just because, you know, you get him the last pick of the draft, and he's winning and hasn't lost a game that he's start and finished, uh, and then you go to the last year's draft, or I'm sorry, this year's draft, Jake Moody, third round pick, he hasn't missed a field goal all year, he's looking great, he's already got a 57-yard field goal, um, you know, he looked shaky in the preseason, but again, I mean, sometimes these these good kickers that you find from college, they do struggle in the preseason, but look great in the regular season. He's looked amazing. Uh, like I said, hasn't missed a kick. And yeah, spending a third round pick on a kicker, but with Robbie Gold being gone and him being as great of a kicker as he was, I mean, R Robbie Gold was perfect uh, in the postseason um, as far as late game field goals tying or going ahead. And you get a guy like Jake Moody coming in and you didn't have to pay gold. It's awesome, you know. So uh, that and then Ronnie Bell getting him in the seventh round. And you already know how I feel about him. But even going back to the Trey Lance draft, you know, third round pick, Ambry Thomas. He was getting time. You know, he's dealing with injuries. Diameter Lenore, fifth round pick. Hufunga, same, same round, fifth round pick. And then Elijah Mitchell, sixth round pick. So, listen. You can say it was a failure. The Niners admit it was a failure about Lance, but those them those guys being able to find talent deep in the draft just makes up for it. And you know, you can't be perfect in an NFL draft. I don't think there's ever been a team that's hit on every single pick as far as you know an everyday starter or guys who are contributing to the team on a on a weekend uh, and week out basis. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was a no-brainer getting these two back in there. Just the way they've been able to turn this franchise around, the consistency in winning and drafting is second to none, I feel like, since these two have, uh, since they started their tenure in San Francisco. I think Lynch and Shanahan have done more than... 90% of the coaching GMs in this league in such a short amount of time. So hats off to them. I am glad. I, I hope they retire as Niners, both of them. But you know kind of how these things goes at, go, at least for um, a Lynch, who GMs just tend to, once they turn the franchise around and, and win, they like to go out and, and, and find a new challenge. I hope he just stays and, and accepts the challenge year in and year out with the Niners as far as, all right, how do we keep this thing going and, and keep a dynasty, right? I, I want Lynch to stay here with Shanahan and them create a dynasty and not just one Super Bowl win and, all right, I'm going to start my next venture. But so happy that they're staying. They're not going anywhere for the foreseeable future, and I'm all about it. And these guys are 3-0. and Nice long break. It's like an, a, a short bye week. And... We'll, they'll be ready to go next week, uh, but you know it's kind of unfortunate. I, I would have been uh, a little bit happier if, if the Niners were playing Dallas next weekend, just to get that extra break for that offense to prepare for the Dallas defense. Um, but we get Arizona off the bye, or not? Sorry, not off the bye, off the long week, extended week, and that should be another thirty-point plus game for the Niners. Uh, but yeah, love it. 3-0 start. Let's get it. Moving on to the boar. No boar four. No boar four. 
Uh, this week, my four games, starting off with noon, Chargers at Minnesota. I know record-wise, this isn't that thrilling of a fight. Minnesota coming in this game. Uh, they are one in, or sorry, both teams coming in this game 0-2. And both te playoff teams last year, Minnesota 0-2 in uh, one-score games this year. They were, I believe, 11-0 last year, so it completely flipped so far. Chargers are just the Chargers. Uh, they cannot close out games. They cannot, you know, beat good teams. They just continue to, I don't know, just underwhelm you. And, uh, yeah, you know, Austin Eckler is going to be out today. Eric Kendricks is going to be out against his former team. Minnesota, they have some defensive injuries, but, uh, or offensive line injuries as well. I just, I, I think as far as talent-wise, this is a must-see game. I, this is a this has potential shootout on it, so I think that's also why it could be entertaining. Um, yeah, it's still a fun offensive matchup as far as both sides of the ball and as and how both defenses defenses have been playing. It should be a fun one, um, and and that's why I have this on the no board for uh, potential debt free pick three as well. Just gonna throw that out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this is Minnesota's chance to get on track. Uh, their division, I think, is uh, more gettable, you know, with how the rest of the division has looked. Um, and being at home, uh, having that extended time from Thursday Night Football, uh, I just, I think Minnesota has a chance to get on track and um, the way that de uh, like Tannehill looked against this Chargers defense, I feel like Cousins and Jeff Jefferson and and that and that Minnesota offense can just look even better. Uh, I definitely think Jefferson's going over a hundred yards. I think he's going to score a touchdown. So if you you know for the betters out there who like that same game parlay, I wouldn't you know I I would be very very eager to put that in uh, as a bet there uh, on on these sports books, but uh, I don't know. I, I think it, it should it should be it, the Minnesota offense should look good. But as far as the Chargers go, I think this has potential. Staley's last game, if it looks ugly, if there are more mental mistakes, and they're if they have a lead and they blow it again to Minnesota. Um, but I mean, these two teams are kind of. Like the Spider Man, I feel like this year they're just high expectations and and they're they're not achieving anything at all so far. Um, but yeah, I just not a good spot for this Chargers defense uh, with how how much motion this Minnesota offense does and how, how they're just able to get Jefferson open in open space. So um, yeah, I, I think this is a potential last game for Brandon Staley. But I do think that this is still going to be the most entertaining matchup of the noon window. Just how how back and forth I feel like this will go. This is definitely going to be a high-scoring matchup. The next game that I, I think might have high-scoring potential is Falcons at the Lions. Both teams are kind of picked to be those dark horse playoff teams to kind of just get in, possibly win the division from, you know, you know, not being a good team last year to, or just missing the playoffs last year to winning the divisions. Atlanta still looking to stay undefeated. Detroit, they could be undefeated. They lost to overtime against the Seahawks. The Lions defense obviously looked good against uh, a, a depleted and 
undermanned Kansas City offense in week one, but they couldn't quite stop the Seattle offense who have players everywhere uh, last week. So, you know, and they couldn't stop the opening drive in overtime of Seahawks and they go out down and score a touchdown and, you know, sudden death at that point. Um, the Falcons looking good this year. What I liked last week, uh, you know, I had Green Bay winning that one, but they they were able to drive down and kick the field goal at, at a you know you know at the end of the game and not give Green Bay a chance. So them pulling out a close win, I, I like the grit that I'm seeing from the Falcons. Their offense is fun to watch. You have B. John Robinson who is looking like a defensive player of the year, or defensive rookie of the year offensively. The way they're moving him and lining him up on the outside, you know, he, he it's weird. Like he doesn't look like a McCaffrey type player. Uh, but they're using him like a McCaffrey, and that's why I like Arthur Smith as a coach. I, I think, he, you know, he's able to get that offense, no matter who the quarterback is, to move the ball. And, you know, Mariota looked good, or he's not good, I should say. He looked all right in some games, but Ritter is kind of playing to what that offense is asking. I think, they, you know, he needs to still be better. There, there's some plays that he leaves there out there, and he just doesn't look good for most of the games. But he does have one or two drives that, okay, like he can be a quarterback. But it's just not consistent enough. And uh, Detroit, let, let's see where they're at. This offense, I want to kind of see more from this offense. Yes, they look good against Seattle. But Seattle hasn't looked good, good defensively against other teams. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Detroit Little Fools go playing against that Chiefs offense who was missing Kelsey and those receivers are dropping so many balls. Um but yeah, I think this one has shootout potential, and I expect this one to be close late as well. Game three on the no board four, going Saints at the Green Bay Packers. The Saints coming off, you know, a backdoor cover, no, sorry, coming off a backdoor cover loss, I should say. They had it against the, um, the, the, oh, the Panthers in, in Monday night. Uh, that fir the first Monday night game last week. Sorry, had to get some coffee in there. Um, yeah, they, they were up, I think, 11 points go in the fourth quarter, under four minutes left. You know, the Panthers end up backdoor and cover, and they, they score a touchdown, two-point conversion, and lose by three. The, the line was minus three and a half for the Saints. Um, but Green Bay... They were the opposite, right? They, they were covered... Well, they, they ended up covering last week anyway, but... They looked good against the Falcons early, but they allowed the Falcons to stay in this game and come back and, and, and end up beating them late. I think this a potential low-scoring game, but maybe not. I think this is the best uh, offense that the Saints has seen all year, best coaching, at least, offensively, the Saints have seen all year. Um, with the offensive line injuries, though, for Green Bay, that's not a good sign uh, because this Saints front can get at you. The Saints defense is good. At least they've shown so far. But again, like I said, this is the best offense and best offensive coach they've seen all year. So maybe this is their true test and we'll see. Maybe they actually give up some points here and um, kind of get exposed a little bit. But we'll, we'll see. I, I do like the Saints defense still um, to get pressure against Love. But pressure, or I'm sorry, Love has looked good under pressure. The way he steps up in the pocket, the way he kind of remains confident and poised and still can deliver the ball. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I would love to see Aaron Jones play. He's been bothered by that hamstring since week one. He didn't play last week. But if Aaron Jones plays this game, I think that's kind of the difference maker to be able to move the ball on the Saints defense and extend drives and kind of, you know, keep keep your defense uh, relaxed. Because this Saints offense, they have players everywhere. Michael Thomas looks good and he may not be a number one and maybe he is, but he's still working away that foot injury. But even if he isn't, if he's he is a top number two, number three receiver in this offense. Um, so it's it's hard because they have Rashid Shahid, who, you know, I was singing his praises week one. Chris Olave, who is probably the number one receiver now. It's just a lot of weapons to stop. And and I do like this Packers defense. They, they, they do look good. They went up against a very good Atlanta scheme last week. Um, I, I I expect this one to be a good offensive showing. I think on both sides of the ball, this might be an over that you want to take. Uh, but yeah, I, I think offensively, Green Bay can get the ball mo moving and score some points. I just I, I hope Aaron Jones plays to give that offense a little more firepower and a little more you know a, a couple more chances uh, to move that ball down the field. The final game of the No Bore Four, I have Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Rams at the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow, I discussed it. He's he was limited in practice on Friday. He reaggravated that calf injury in Week Two uh, against the Ravens. They said he he was feeling better than what he was. Uh, he's questionable tomorrow, though. Uh, but I think even if he played plays or doesn't play, I think this is gonna be a good game. The Rams have really impressed me so far this season. Two division opponents. You beat Seattle like very convincingly, and you keep it close basically all game for the Niners. Um, yeah, the game was closer than it should have been. It was a one-score game. It was really a two-score game uh, for the most part. But the way they were able to move the ball, the way Stafford's looked, uh, to me, Stafford, because he was injured last year, like almost all season, and we didn't see him. He falls out of the top 10 of quarterbacks, but I think he's back in the top six quarterbacks. What he's doing with what he has is just, it's really eye-opening. And he deserves the respect that he gets because, you know, no Cooper Cup, and you have Puka Nakua, who's looking like a defensive, offensive rookie of the year as well. Him and Bijan, I think, are the top NFC guys right now. Um, what he's doing with him, and... and Puka, like I said, it'll be interesting when Cooper Cup comes back because these two are going to feed off each other, and they're good. They're I feel like they're always going to have somebody open on the offense. And Tutu Atwell looked good against the Niners as well. Um, but I think Stafford making these guys look good. He is very accurate with the ball still, and against the blitz, I just he's one of the better quarterbacks out there against the blitz. And Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, likes to really mix things up, and I think Stafford is going to be able to figure out the defense um, a little bit for Cincinnati. Of course, we have a Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is a fun one to watch. Uh, why why wouldn't this be on the no board for? But yeah, I, I do think this is going to be a close one, and I do think this has upset potential for the Rams to actually win outright uh, Monday night, but we'll, we'll see. I think Burrow's not going to be 100%. 
The Rams or the Bengals offense didn't start looking good until the third quarter of last week. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how Burrow's uh, calf looks if he does play. But if he doesn't play, then I I think this is you take the Rams hard on this one. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know this is a tough matchup for the Bengals offense, who hasn't looked great uh, for a full game yet. And this Rams defense, who's kind of looked. I don't know, they kind of look good in spots, and their secondary is what my question mark is. We'll see what they do against this elite receiving core in Cincinnati, but yeah, I just, I hope Burrow plays. I hope he is healthy enough to be able to push the ball downfield and kind of, you know, pull this one out, but I, 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 I like the Rams in this spot. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's my final game of the no board four but how about we get to those picks with the three what is that the debt the debt free pick three let's go baby we don't do anything illegal debt free pick three look what i found in my pocket look a year's salary right here is what i call them a fun coupon this is the debt free pick three on the final play with mikey clutch all right the debt-free pick three, three games a week, where I give you two and one on the season. We hit week one last week. I would have been two and one as well, but we didn't get to do a show. Work, life, busy, kind of like yesterday. Couldn't get the show get in yesterday. We're doing it this morning. Just life is busy and crazy right now, but we're here. All right. I alluded to it earlier in the no bore four. My first game of the debt-free pick three is going to be Chargers at Vikings. Vikings are plus one. I, I believe it's actually kind of a pick them right now. But if it's plus one, I would take it. I, I would put, honestly, Vikings money line. I think they're going to win this one. Uh, again, extended week, uh, kind of like a bye, short bye week. Chargers traveling East Coast. They haven't looked good, and they, they really can't stop anybody's offense. I mean, look at what Tennessee was able to do. Ryan Tannehill looked like a... QB1, uh, and that's just not good, and Kirk Cousins has a lot more talent around him, and I think Kirk Cousins is 10 times better than Tannehill, and, and Kirk Cousins honestly has looked phenomenal this year. Uh, it does No defense has really been able to stop him. It's just that team uh, cannot stop anybody as well, but I'm taking Minnesota in this one. I think Chargers this is just a bad spot for them. Brandon Staley just continues to prove why he is not a head coach in the league. Maybe he is a defensive coordinator against summer. Maybe he goes back to uh, uh, L.A. Uh, or maybe he finds somewhere else. But um, I'm taking Minnesota in this one at home to, to, we, to win, to finally get their first one of the season and to knock the Chargers down to 0-3 and really cause concern there in L.A. Game number two. Some injuries in Baltimore, but even before the injuries, I was kind of looking at this on Friday and yesterday, and Gardner Minshew being the starting quarterback in Indianapolis with the Colts traveling to Baltimore, I kind of like the Colts here at plus seven and a half. Uh, I don't know, Gardner Minshew, man, he, I think he deserves a spot. Him in Atlanta, I think would be a perfect spot. Uh, I hope, I just, I hope he goes to a team that is a fringe playoff team that needs a quarterback, potentially who's going to draft a quarterback in next year's draft. I think 
I, I don't know. I, I just love what I see from Minshew every time he's in there. Um, I, I think with, with the secondary issues and injuries here in Baltimore, I think this is going to be even closer in a potential potential upset in Baltimore. I don't know. Will I go that far to say that? But I like the Colts. Plus 7.5 is a lot of points. Um, Baltimore, we know, have ha had issues at home the last couple of years. Uh, I, I, I just I like the spot for the Colts. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. And like I said, Minshew just, he seems to cover these games that he plays. And he always looks good. He's going to be able to, he, he's an accurate thrower. He gets the ball to the receivers. And that's kind of what the Colts need to do to win some of these games. They Just being able to throw the ball a little bit better, I think they would have been able to throw it. Yes, you're losing to the running ability of Richardson. He's in concussion protocol. But I don't know. I just, I my gut's telling me, like, go with Gardner in the spot plus seven and a half. Final game, Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins, minus five and a half for the Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins all day at home. Uh, Tua has looked like an MVP. Tyreek Hill has looked like the offensive player of the year. Uh, th this defense of the Dolphins has looked solid. Uh, but I, I just, I, I, th I think the Dolphins are going to be able to cover here at home. Hopefully it's hot in Miami here. Denver traveling from the West Coast to East Coast, especially to play in that Miami Heat. But I mean, listen, Russell Wilson has looked awful this year. Yes, he starts games, but he, he just, he, he looks old. He looks shot, and this could be a potential last game for him if Denver goes out there and lose, uh, loses by a big margin. Um, but I like Miami here. I just think it's going to be too hard to stop Tyreek Hill. You have Vic, Vic Fangio, who I think wants to prove to the world and to Denver, hey, you know, you really had uh, a rough time here with Russell Wilson. I just think what he's going to be able to dial up, he's got that extra juice to go up against his former team that he used to have coach. Uh, I just think they're going to really shut down this Denver offense, and I, I think they're just going to put up a lot of points. Um, so I'm taking Miami at home, minus 5.5. So that's going to do it for the picks. We have the Vikings plus 1. We got the Colts plus 7.5, and, and then we have the favorite at home, the Miami Dolphins minus 5.5 against Denver. That's going to do it for the final play. That's going to do it for week three. We'll get back to you on Tuesday, recap all the games, recap how I was, how how my picks went for the death-free pick three, and then we'll preview Thursday night football. Enjoy football. Enjoy your Sunday. We're back. We love you. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life. <laughs>